Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Yesterday, Adam Schefter tweeted that Russell Wilson now becomes the first quarterback to start for a team that he beat in the Super Bowl. And... Brett Coleman is a blue check, but I'm sorry, Brett, I haven't heard of you. Now I have. I don't understand, Brett says. Jimmy G just did that literally three years ago. And I had to stop and think, what's he talking about? When did the what did he the when did the the 49ers beat the when did the Patriots beat the 49ers? No, he beat the 49ers himself. He did it himself. Here it is. You need that throw. He can't make that throw. That's you make that throw and you're the champs, just like Jared Goff the year before when he missed uh, Brandon Cooks twice, but especially in the third quarter when they could yeah. have taken the lead and won the game. You right. make that throw, you're the champions. Yeah. You overthrow him. That's it. Yeah. Some Mean- guys make that throw. Right. Some guys don't. Yeah. Jimmy right. G well, meanwhile, it. the other guy on the other team made like four, four of those throws in the fourth quarter exactly. to make sure his team exactly. wins. Exactly. Right. Right. That's the point. You make. You have those opportunities. You make those throws. You yeah. become a champion. And Jimmy G had his chance and. Uh, and, you know, it's funny. I, I saw, who was it yesterday? Eric Armstead talking about Jimmy G that you know, he saved the 49ers or whatever. Look, he'll take a team that's 4-13 and to make them 9-8 and or 10-7, and but he's not going to win you a Super Bowl. He's just not. He needs to have a great team around him. He needs to have the 2,000 Ravens, 85 Bears. He needs to have an all-time great collection of talent around him to win a Super Bowl. And he had that three years ago, and he still yeah. didn't win a Super Bowl. With right. the 49ers. So, you know, sometimes you just are who you are. Not everybody is going to win a Super Bowl. Not everybody's going to be a franchise quarterback. Not everybody is going to be one of the best to have ever done it. And clearly, Jimmy G is not that guy. All right. Would you rather, quarterback market edition, would you rather take a first round, or excuse me, would you rather trade a first round pick for Jimmy G or a late round pick for Carson Wentz? Ooh. I know the answer for me. This is easy. I, I, yeah, I'm not trading a first-round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. Sorry. Negative Ghost Rider. Like, absolutely a no chance, no point, never, ever, ever am I trading a first-round pick for a quarterback that I, I don't look at as being one of the 20 best quarterbacks in football. Certainly not in the top half of the league. And, wait, the guy that we're talking about, a late-round pick, Carson Wentz, has more talent than Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. I mean, 
They I, both I, do bonehead that's why things. It's an, I mean, straight up, if they're both free agents, which guy are you taking? I'm taking Wentz over Jimmy G. I am too. I think there's there's more upside there. Yes, I mean, listen, I think if you had Carson Wentz on the 49ers the last few years, my basic thought would be the 49ers were a better football team then. Yes, I'm sorry. I mean, I know Carson Wentz does some dumb things. I get that. But so does Jimmy Garoppolo. Everybody has seemed to have forgot that since the season's over. Everyone's like, well, look, he wins. Look at that. He wins every time he's on. He saved the team. He wins. I want to go, yeah, okay. But, I mean, there's a lot of quarterbacks we could have put in San Francisco, and they would have saved the team and won. I mean, period. Nick Mullins, like I've always talked about before, his first 15 games ever with the 49ers had, like, the best stats in the history of football at quarterback. You know, Shanahan's a genius. He makes everybody look pretty good. So, yes, that one is a no-brainer. I would be buyer beware hardcore on Jimmy Garoppolo. I know that. Question. Yeah. Do you think Kyle Shanahan could coach the stupid out of Carson Wentz? And I don't, I'm not saying he's stupid, yeah. but there are moments of right. stupidity as he tries to do too much. It's that Deshaun Watson, every play is, yes. is the championship throw. Right. The game's on the line. The season's right. on the line. Could Kyle coach that, that tendency out of Carson Wentz? I do think he could. Yes, I do. Uh, again, I don't know if it's something like Carson Wentz is a little aggressive. He's over too aggressive. I don't know if it'll ever be totally out of you know his realm of play. But I, even th- I think we saw Frank Reich even get it out of him a little bit this year. Again, I know we have two or three that are landmark, like, what the hell were you thinking? That was the dumbest play ever. But he still only threw seven interceptions for the whole year. I do think we saw the start of Frank Reich breaking him down that way this year to where I would think, yes, Shanahan, who I, of course, have tremendous respect for, I think he could you know, continue that progress for sure. All right, next topic. Would you rather sign Marcus Mariota or – Mitchell Trubisky in free agency. Both are former number two overall picks. Ooh. I, I mean, I would sign them. I don't know if I'd really want to sign them to be a starting quarterback. Or which one? Or okay. pick one. I'm going to take Mitchell Not Trubisky. Both. I'm taking Trubisky. All right. I feel like Trubisky still has untapped potential. That's what I feel like. I feel like Trubisky was in a spot where – Nobody wanted to give him credit. He was in a crap offense, and yet he went to the playoffs two out of three years and, and did pretty good. And we saw, you know, this year when it wasn't Mitchell Trubisky or when it wasn't Justin Fields, man, did quarterback look sucky-ducky in Chicago. All right? So, yes, I will take Mitchell Trubisky. I think he's a better natural thrower than Marcus Mariota, and I think he's about equal as an athlete to go along with it. I, I, would, I would rather have Trubisky. Mariota gets hurt too often for my liking. That's a little scary, too. So I'd be too. concerned there. No doubt. And, and yeah, I, I, it was so odd that Trubisky was kind of like the last guy standing backup quarterback edition last year and got peanuts from the Buffalo Bills. And, and he's going to get a shot. He's yeah, gonna because get Buffalo, somewhere. right? Yeah. A lot of talk about the Giants. A lot right. of talk about the Giants. I like Brian it. Dayball, reunion. Yeah. Plan B for Daniel Jones. If Daniel Jones doesn't get it done, hey, we're all in with Daniel Jones until we come to the conclusion that he's not good enough, and then we go with, with Mitchell Trubisky. I, it wouldn't surprise me if that's what they do. No, that, that to me would be the perfect situation if I'm a team, where it's like, hey, we got a starter, but we're not sold on him 100%, you know, and wait, Trubisky, okay, he's got talent. Like, yeah, his stock went up because everybody in Buffalo – last year was like damn Mitchell Trubisky's good I don't know what the hell was going on in Chicago but he's fast as hell and he's got a strong arm and he can learn our offense 
So that word has filtered throughout the NFL to where everyone's now is like, oh, I guess it was Chicago. It wasn't necessarily Trubisky all the way there. And I, I mean, I'm as a Giant fan, I would want Mitchell Trubisky as the backup, no doubt about it. You know, one, Daniel Jones, we've seen him get hurt a little bit. Trubisky, a guy, okay, let's protect the team. Let's make sure we look good in year one of Brian Dayball. So now he comes in and plays, and we don't fall off the earth. Daniel Jones, we know they like to run the quarterback a little bit. We know Dayball likes to run the quarterback a little bit. Trubisky can do all that stuff, too, with Daniel Jones. So it meshes together between the first team and second team quarterback, let alone, yeah, it puts a little fire underneath Daniel Jones' butt here. And knowing, like, hey, I can't just, you know, coast through the year here with, you know, I don't know who was my backup. I got a guy here that's legit and that could come in and, you know, if I get hurt or miss a game, he could take over the spot. I, I think it's good from all aspects. I hope the Giants sign Mitchell Trubisky. Next topic, would you rather sign a journeyman veteran like a Teddy Bridgewater or Andy Dalton or start one of this year's rookie quarterbacks well as you know I've, I've really just started the rookie quarterback breakdown but I, I, I'm more in favor of that I mean again if you think you got a guy in the first round he's your quarterback go with it go with it I know we have the Patrick Mahomes sit on the sideline for one year you know but I have a bunch of other examples of hey wait this guy played and you know he kicked butt after that Russell Wilson Peyton Manning blah 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 blah, blah. we can go down the list you know so that's that's where you know, I'm, I favor that, and we know what Andy Dalton or Teddy Bridgewater are. Sign them as backups. Start your rookie quarterback that you think's the future. Get them the reps. Quarterback is impossible to practice. There's nothing like playing in the game. There's no practice situation that can emulate. Guys coming to rip your head off, 80,000 screaming fans, referees telling you to hurry up, a stupid coach yelling plays hard, yell loud and fast in your ear. Nothing can prepare you for that. Get them on the field. Yeah, and I'm I'm intrigued by the Buccaneers and Teddy Bridgewater because two years ago, yeah, Bruce right. Arian said it was Tom Brady first, Teddy Bridgewater second, mm. and Bridgewater would be a guy that could be, yeah, not yeah. that I don't think Brady's playing for them. But I think a bridge, they, I think yeah. they need to turn the light off for Tom Brady. Jason Light said last week we'll leave the light on. They're just going to waste the electricity and the ball because I don't think he's coming back. But but Bridgewater would be a guy if they just can't find another option that they feel great about, they could see what they could do with Bridgewater because yeah. he's better than the guys they currently have that. on the roster. And yep. Kyle Trash just isn't ready. All right, would you rather sign an injured Jameis Winston or trade for an unproven Jordan Love? Reportedly, Washington is interested in Jameis Winston, the number one pick in 2015. I would rather go with Jameis Winston. I, I would. You know, again, it's an ACL injury, but, you know, as we've talked before, I mean, it's, it's not one in 2022 where you look at and go, oh, wow, He's going to be ruined in the year. And Jameis Winston, yeah, he moves well, but we know like him running like Lamar Jackson's not his game. So, yes, I would – you know, Jameis Winston, you know what you have to a degree. And we saw a guy that, you know, yes, wasn't as accurate on intermediate and short throws like we saw, but we saw the start of Sean Payton breaking him down a little bit to where he got that disease of turnover out of him a little bit. Uh, you you have a better feel, at least in my opinion. I don't know, Mike, if you agree or not. That, that I have what Jameis Winston is. Jordan Love, I still don't know what the hell he is yet. Yeah, and, and it, he had that one game thrust into service with a few days to get ready. I don't think that's indicative. No, it's hard. There's situation. a sense he's not ready to be a starter. Winston has shown he can get it done. All right, we got a long way to go and a short time to get there. A half hour left in the program and four segments, so we better take a break. We'll talk about who was tagged and who wasn't. 
when this Wednesday edition of PFT Live continues right after this. You know, as of Sunday, there were no tags applied. Ultimately, eight. Too short of last year, but more than I thought we were going to see. And we've talked about Devontae Adams and his tag that will keep him in Green Bay, either on a one-year deal or a multi-year deal. I doubt the tag and trade option is on the table now that Aaron Rodgers is sticking around. Chris, the one that really stands out to me is Chris Godwin. We've talked about this previously. Coming off the torn ACL, second tag, he's one year away from unrestricted free agency because next year he would be entitled to the average of the five highest paid players in the NFL or something like that. It's a formula along those lines. It's quarterback money, basically. I think it's the average of the five highest paid quarterbacks from 2022. So they're not going to tag him next year. Um, and, uh, and if I'm him, I'm not setting foot on the field until I am 100%. I'm not fighting through scar tissue. I'm not taking any risks. I am not going to jeopardize re-injuring this ACL when I know next year I'm going to be a free agent. I, I, I hear you there. And I would think that the Bucks are going to look to sign him long-term here between now and July 15th. And, again, I think there's a guy that's loved within the organization. He's homegrown. They picked him in the second round out of Penn State. Uh, I would think they want to do that. But they didn't – you know, I think he's talented enough – even with that injury, they knew if he was a free agent that somebody might offer him a one-year, $18, $19 million deal to see, like, hey, let's see what it is, or a two-year deal or something. So I think there was real danger in losing him. And, again, with no Antonio Brown, Gronk a free agent, you know, this is, this is a damn good – this is a number one wide receiver that they have in their team as a number two wide receiver. And uh, they didn't want to lose that. And, of course, you know, the dangerous – capabilities he has on the offensive side of the ball this is still a super bowl team two months removed from having that acl and mcl surgically repaired just a real risk a calculated risk for the tampa bay buccaneers and it's going to become difficult to value the long-term deal usually when you tag a guy the first time the loose approach is you take the base tag you give him the 20 percent raise for the following year which is how it works for the second tag that total amount is fully guaranteed at signing and then they have year three, year four, year five, you work it out that way. That's usually how you take a franchise tag player year one and turn it into a long-term deal. That's been done over and over again. Year two of the franchise tag, what do you do? Because there's no formula for next year that's going to apply. Next year's quarterback money, you're not going to take 19.2 this year and $35 million next year and add them together and fully guarantee that. So it becomes harder to do a long-term deal when you know that next year – you're most likely not going to be tagged, and you're going to hit the open market. So that's the challenge there. Three tight ends were tagged. Dalton Schultz, Mike Gusecki, David Njoku, all at $10.9 million. Chris, somebody suggested yesterday we may see a grievance because you know, some of these guys line up as receivers. Look, talk to Jimmy Graham about how that's going to yeah, go. Yeah, good luck. They're most likely going to stick as tight ends. And, uh, yeah, I think each team had different reasons for doing what they did. But you look at the number, the number's not ridiculous. It's nothing. With a $208 million cap, that's that's a nice number to keep a good tight end around. Exactly right. I think all three of those teams went, well, we got to keep the guy. First off, this guy, the, the, the tight end's important to those three football teams. And they went, that's, it's a drop in the bucket. They're going to get $10.9 million a year from some team. They are. You know, right now at the tight end position, you know, Mike, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, the only three guys that are making, like, big money are Kittle, Kelsey, and Mark Andrews, right? I mean, I, I believe that's it, really. You know, the, the tight end market, this is this is a steal. It's ridiculous. In fact, it, it's like, how did it get this low? 
You know, and I, I blame Gronk, you know, back to a prior conversation you were talking about with Mike Williams and all that. Gronk, he never put the poker to the Patriots or anybody and drove the market up, so he's killed some of these tight ends in the franchise tag and what they're getting here. So, uh, but either way, Gasecki is a rising star. We talked a little yesterday. And it's Mike McDaniel who came from the 49ers with George Kittle. I mean, so they want to keep Gasecki for sure. And Joku. Big, talented, can block and do it all. We know they want two tight ends and, and play that style of football. And then Dalton Schultz has continued to got better and better for Dallas. And, yeah, I get them franchising all three of those guys. The, uh, the Cam Robinson decision to tag him a second time. You know, last year they tagged him. I was told that they, they weren't quite sure what they had with the new regime, so they just tagged him. Right. Now this year, is, is this a sign that they're going past Russia with the number one overall pick in the draft? Right. Maybe. It, this is an interesting one. Uh, I, I don't necessarily look at it as, oh, it's a slam dunk that they're going to go past Russia at number one. I, you know, they, they could just go, wait, we got Trevor Lawrence. We drafted Travis Etienne. Doug Peterson go, wait, you know what won me a Super Bowl was the fact that we had the most dominant offensive line in football in Philadelphia. And we, I mean, they're still good there in Philadelphia. They could very well be taking that route. And Cam Robinson, even though it hasn't like lived up to maybe the billing, it, still 6'6", 320, 35-and-a-half-inch arms. There ain't a lot of people on earth walking around like Cam Robinson who could move their feet the way he does. He still has big-time pass-protecting p- potential. He is a good pass protector, Mike. So that's where I, I think they probably looked at it and went, eh, okay, we're unsure, but 16.7 for a guy with that type of potential, we, we can deal with that. And if you're Cam Robinson, you, you sign that tag right away because if they would decide to go with a tackle with the first overall pick, yeah. maybe they rescind the tender. You don't mm-hmm. see that happen very often. Remember, it happened to Josh Norman six, seven years ago. It happened a couple of times in the prior decade. The, the Eagles did it once. The Colts did it once. I think Corey Simon. Uh, no, it wasn't the Colts. The Eagles did it twice. They did it to Jeremiah Trotter and Corey Simon. Oh, Sonny. I Andy forgot Reed about the Trotter. Done it twice. Yeah, right. Simon landed with the Colts. Trotter landed with Washington. And Washington signed Josh Norman after the Panthers rescinded the tag. It doesn't happen very often, but I think for Robinson, go ahead and sign it. Go ahead and sign it, and then you got until July 15 to do the long-term deal. And next year, same yeah, reasoning as right. Godwin, you're a free agent. They can't force you to stay. Yeah. You're going to be on the open market because they're not going to give you quarterback money. All right, Harold Landry did not get tagged by the Titans. Titans didn't need to use it. They worked out a long-term deal, five Big years, $87.5 million, 52.5 guaranteed. They got Harold Landry. They got Bud Dupree. Good to have a couple of edge rushers in the AFC. <laughs> if you want to finally get to the Super Bowl, you better be able to get to some of these quarterbacks in the AFC. Ooh, man. I mean, that Titans, you know, Harold Landry, hello, superstar, going to get paid like it. Good for him. Bud Dupree wasn't even 100% last year. Jeffrey Simmons, defensive tackles, entered the conversation of Aaron Donald, Chris Jones, best defensive tackles in football type of guy. I mean, yes, you're right. They're a team that's going, wait, all these damn quarterbacks, okay, so what? We're going to build a team and harass these damn guys, and they're not going to run around and make magic happen against us. But that was a big-time move. I mean, the fact that they didn't have to tag Landry, they get it to be a manageable number and get to continue to build their football team there in Tennessee, uh, yeah, watch out. Uh, and then lastly, is there a lastly? Yes, oh, uh, the Patriots, as expected, did not tag J.C. Jackson. He becomes a free agent. Next Wednesday, the unofficial official window for talking to other teams opens on Monday at noon. 
I have a feeling he's going to be one of those guys that, you know, by the time we are wiping the crumbs off of our Agreed. off of our desk after lunch, we're going to find out he's signing for five years, $201 million somewhere else. I, I, I wouldn't be shocked. I, I mean, it, you know, I would think that there's going to be a big-time market for him. You look at some of the teams that have a lot of money to spend in free agency or the salary cap room, you know, a lot of them have need at the corner position. Right, it's probably the reason. You know, I, I you know, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what New England's thinking is. That's, I guess, is where I'm going with it. I, I'm a little surprised that they didn't, t- you know, tag him and keep him. But at the same time, they do have a lot of DBs there in New England. Maybe they're going to start to play a little bit different style of football. They played a little more zone last year than normal. It wasn't man to man like it's been every play. But for me, as I've discussed many or said many times here the last few days, J.C. Jackson is certainly in the conversation for five best corners in football. All right, let's go ahead and take a break. When we return, some Sean Watson developments that could make him available to one of these quarterback-needy teams sooner rather than later. We'll discuss that next here on PFT. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. It's been nearly a year since we first became aware of the initial lawsuit against Deshaun Watson alleging misconduct during massage therapy sessions. It became 22 civil complaints, and it then became 8 or 10 criminal complaints. Nothing has happened from the standpoint of the legal process on the criminal side. A grand jury has been poised to take up the case at some point. Well, Yesterday, Rusty Harden told the New York Times, and Rusty Harden represents Deshaun Watson, and also Tony Busby, who represents the 22 individuals suing Watson. They both told the Times that on Friday there will be an effort by the grand jury in Houston to look at the situation and, from Watson's perspective, decide that day not to indict him on any charges. Is Maybe that realistic, from Mike, the to think victim's that that perspective. That day? Yeah. It's, well, and look, here's what it all comes down to. Because this isn't bad news or good news. It's just the next step in the process. And it's good news for Watson from the standpoint of they're getting this done before free agency begins. So if he does emerge from it with no charges, specifically no felony charges, he's in a position where someone could maybe trade for him and the Texans could finally move on. But, look, you hear the saying all the time, a prosecutor could indict a ham sandwich if the prosecutor wants to. And what that means is, The process is one-sided. There's no voice. There's no defense. There's no pushback. If you want to go in there and you want to load up and fire up the grand jury, you're on your own. And if you really want to do it, if you really want to convince them, they are going to go your way because they see your motivation to get this indictment. The flip side is, if you really don't want to go through the the trial and the dream team and if it doesn't fit you must acquit and trying to show reasonable doubt and or do we really have criminal misconduct here does it rise to the level 
of a violation of the applicable laws, you can kind of mealy-mouth your way through it and not get an indictment either. So you can indict a ham sandwich or you cannot indict a ham sandwich. It all comes down to what you want as a prosecutor, and we don't know that. We don't know that. But if this prosecutor isn't motivated to take on what would be a high-profile trial and believe that she can get a conviction beyond a reasonable doubt, very high standard, then we could see no indictments of Deshaun Watson by the end of the day on Friday, which would lay the foundation for the Texans to try to work out a trade over the weekend and have something in place by Wednesday, whether it's Carolina. You know, I've, I've, I've seen suggestions of Washington. I still think that's a tough one to pull off when you consider what's gone on in that organization in recent years. You look at the allegations against Watson, the allegations against the team. It's a tough PR sell, right. I think. Ron maybe Rivera it's not. can handle maybe, it. Maybe, Ron Rivera maybe, can handle You know what? Ma- hey, hey, Chris, maybe, maybe it's, uh, it's not going to make it much worse. It's already as bad as it can be. No. Let's go ahead and add Deshaun Watson. What are they going to say? Yeah. They're already uh, saying these things about yeah, us. Yeah, right. At least but, we're good on the field now. I mean, you know, maybe yeah. that's what they'll say. I, I know. It, it, it'll be interesting. We know that there's teams still got their eye on Deshaun Watson, 100%. I think you named the, 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 really the two teams to look at. I'd probably throw in the Philadelphia Eagles in there as well to be a part of it. I'm just glad we're getting going here with this finally, too. Just, you know, for the, for the Houston Texans and Nick Casario, for, for himself, I mean, damn, we saw last week he tried his best to answer those questions. He's in a tough spot. He really is. And, yeah, for Watson and his own good, too. We'll see where it goes, but hopefully this does get a little resolved. I would think, yeah. I mean, I would think even – if there's no indictments, right? I mean, if there's no indictments and everything goes good, I guess, yes, that's what I would think. Even though there's some other things maybe on the horizon, this would go a long way to appealing to an owner or a GM that things are going in the right direction. He's still looking at a potential suspension right. under the personal conduct policy. Right. The Ben Roethlisberger precedent would, would suggest six games reduced to four, maybe eight games reduced to six for good behavior. The other side of it is the 22 civil lawsuits. And I said from the outset, he needs to take his reckoning. He needs to make good with these individuals. They believe something happened that shouldn't have happened. He should settle with them. He should get everybody in a room and work out a settlement. And they didn't do it early. They tried to do it during the season. They tried to do it as a precursor to a trade to the Dolphins because Stephen Ross, the owner of the team, insisted on all of those cases being settled before a trade would happen. The reality is those cases are still going to be there. Even if he's not indicted, if someone trades for him next week, those cases will still be there. You got to be comfortable with that. Last year, the Panthers were. Presumably, they still are. You clear away the criminal possibility, then it just becomes civil cases. And, you know, the other side of it, too, if you've got to settle these cases before you trade Deshaun Watson, those cases have far greater settlement value, a lot more expensive to, to negotiate justice. And justice comes in many forms, and one form of justice is a cash settlement. That's what the civil justice system is all about. It's about getting monetary compensation for some sort of indignity that you have suffered that crosses the line of what the law allows. What about right, Mike? What about this one? Now. Hold on. One yeah. quick one. Just to, just cause I know it'll hit home and we didn't bring it up there. We said Carolina and Philadelphia, but there's another team in the, the state of Pennsylvania that I, I would think now that Brian Flores is in Pittsburgh that I, I just, I have a hard time not connecting a dot there. I know Flores was a huge proponent of wanting Deshaun Watson in Miami you know, there is some sort of connection there. You know, as we've discussed, it seems like it all went downhill a little bit when Stephen Ross and Greer and whoever else decided to close the door on the Deshaun Watson thing. And it doesn't, it doesn't sound like Brian Flores was involved in the conversation. 
that's another team I just, you know, would have my eye on a little bit. They did sign Mike Vick at one point. Now, it was years after yeah. he got out of prison for dogfighting. This is a different vibe altogether. Different vibe. I'm not sure that Art Rooney's going to be yeah. on board with this. And remember, in the aftermath of the Roethlisberger stuff from 2010, they thought about trading him. It was bad. They, they, but, but, but they've been through this redemption journey once before with Roethlisberger. Maybe they learned from that, that if you, if you show up and you win – and we've done our due diligence, and we're comfortable that we understand what happened, what didn't happen, and there's no criminal charges. I, I, I you know, I wouldn't rule it out. For, for a team that currently is looking at Mason Rudolph as its primary option at quarterback, I wouldn't rule out Deshaun Watson because they got to do something better. Sorry, Mason. they got to do something better than Mason Rudolph. Let's take a break. We're going to do a draft of the biggest winners from yesterday's quarterback news out of Denver and Green Bay. We'll do that next year on PFT Live. Jerry Judy, not happy to find out that Aaron Rodgers was not coming to Denver. That was 12.16 p.m. Eastern yesterday, but his mood improved. Uh, it improved dramatically. That's great. Within two uh, hours. Oh, we uh, lit now, baby. Very happy. Jerry Judy. Uh, good for him. Uh, all right, Jerry's a biggest good dude. Biggest winners of the Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers moves. That's our draft for today. Individuals who benefit other than Wilson and Rogers from these moves, or I guess we could put Wilson and Rogers in there. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, Chris, go ahead. Well, I think the bet as wide open as you want to be. Well, I think the bet, I mean, that's where I would start is where we just were. I mean, Jerry Judy or the receivers or the Broncos. I mean, yes, you know, everybody whose lives changed. And I know there's a lot here. Give me one. Give me one. Fine. I'll go Jerry Judy. If you're going to make me give you one. I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to pick another Broncos receiver? No. No. (laughs) It was specifically identified as being precise. But yes. Being precise. That's a game changer, a life changer, a contract changer for all the Denver wide receivers, really. But yes, you've gone from Bridgewater to Drew Locke to – whoa, it's Russell freaking Wilson, and you know there's going to be added emphasis on, hey, we're going to make this offense all about Russell Wilson and move the ball. And, I mean, Jerry Judy now is going to look at it and go, not only are we going to be good, I'm going to get the ball a lot, and it's going to set me up for a huge contract when that time comes. So that Jerry Judy's life was changed greatly yesterday. I'm going to go with Matt LaFleur because the guy's got 13 wins, 13 wins, 13 wins in three seasons as a head coach. Chances are he's going to get 13 wins again, maybe more, as that division around him and the Packers continues to be mired in dysfunction. Their schedule is favorable. The question is, can he punch through to the Super Bowl? But he's had three great seasons. Keeping Aaron Rodgers lays the foundation for great season number four. Yeah, uh, there's no doubt. I mean, yes, LaFleur's sitting Historic start to his career. Historic, historic, and 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 the guy still is like we we can't give him respect for coach of the year. It's I, it's 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 still not enough. I, I he should he should have one by now. Okay, I think the next one is we kind of brought this up earlier in the show, and I would not have had this unless you kind of brought this up. But I'm going to steal it from you because I think you'll pick it next. The Bolins. Nobody was a bigger Damn winner it. than the Bolin the Pat family. Pat Bolin Trust. Yes. The Pat Bolin Trust. Woo, baby. That team just went up. By, they just they could add an extra $500 million to Jeff Bezos' tab now and go, oh, baby, you got to sell some Amazon stock. We got Russell Wilson. Things are good here in Denver. Yes, they, they to me, capitalized because now everything's in place for that organization and for somebody to come in 
to buy the football team. They're going to look at it and go, oh, my gosh, not only is it a great organization with tradition, history, we got a quarterback, and I don't have to worry about that either. You know, that's big-time buyer beware there, or not buyer beware in Denver. I'm going to go Javante Williams because he had 900 rushing yards as a rookie last year with 200 carries without Russell Wilson as his quarterback. Now, with a high-end quarterback, makes it a little easier for Javante Williams to not have a bunch of guys crowding the line of scrimmage. they got to be uh, in a position where they keep things honest over the top. More running lanes potentially for Williams in a strong second season, Chris. Yeah, uh, I mean, 100%. I, I, I got running backs on both teams you know, written down because of, of that reason right there. You're going, oh, my gosh, life's going to be so much better now that you got either one of these you know, quarterbacks on your football team. Uh, but Javante's got to feel, yeah. A whole lot better. He's got a guy that people are, you know, going to be worried about bombs away, and now he's going to be able to smash it up in there. All right, I'm uh, going to go with the obvious one for my third pick here. I mean, Devontae Adams. I mean, yes, he's a winner. He was in, he was in danger of being stuck in Green Bay franchise tag with Jordan Love as his quarterback in a big year to where you'd want to strike it big to, to, for your next contract. Oh, yeah, he got one game with Jordan Love this year, and it was a dink and dunk fest. I think he had six receptions for 42 yards in that, that game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, life was hard that day on the offensive side of the ball for Green Bay. It won't be hard anymore or, or you know, going in the future with Rodgers and Adams still together. I'm going to go, uh, I think, in a different direction with this one. I'm going to say John Schneider Yeah, because he's picked up all those extra picks, two first-rounders, two second-rounders, they have three extra players, and he no longer is carrying that burden of, yet again, having to make Russell Wilson the highest-paid player in football. They were close twice with his contracts after his third season and then three years ago. They always get backed into a corner. They always kind of get bullied into paying Russell Wilson more than they want to. He's broken that. He's broken that trend and now they, they start over without having so much of their salary cap space devoted to one guy. And so to the extent that he's going to be expected to do something with this clean slate, he's getting a clean slate Right. 12 years after he arrived in Seattle. Yeah, agreed. It's, it's, it's uh, going to be interesting to see what they do there. And, yeah, you look at salary caps right now, hey, look who's sitting at number two, Seattle. They got a lot of room now that Russell Wilson's off the books to, to make some things happen, let alone the picks to go along with it. All right, let's take a break. When we return, a Kyler Murray development, a very important one in what it means and what it doesn't mean. We'll discuss that next here on Pro Football Talk. It was a big deal four weeks ago when Kyler Murray scrubbed his Instagram of all evidence of the Arizona Cardinals. Now they're the back. are back. We're friends Rich Eisen again. pointed that out to me yesterday when I was on with him talking about the Aaron Rodgers situation. So what does it mean for Kyler Murray? My understanding is this is just the latest in an effort to try to mend fences, a little olive branch, as they wait for the Cardinals to take care of Kyler Murray. But the Cardinals have done nothing yet to take care of Kyler Murray. And if you look at Eric Burkhart's Twitter feed, he's the agent who represents Murray. He's a firm believer that franchise quarterbacks are more valuable than ever. So... Look, I suspect there's a huge gap, Chris, between what Murray wants and what the Cardinals will pay. Albert Breer reported the other day that Murray wants this resolved sooner than later because if he's going to be traded, he, he, he'd rather it all come to a head now than in June or July. Oh, wow. I, well, you know, I, I would be shocked if it came to that point. 
again, it's this is yes, you know, to to Eric Burkhart's you know point. There's not a lot of quarterbacks out there that are that are like Kyler Murray. He's special. Does he have some flaws? Certainly, we know that. But man, he's kind of must see TV too, and pretty damn exciting to watch. He's one of your favorite players to watch. And this is the way the world works. I would think something gets done. But I don't know. Does Rodgers' contract, does that make things harder? Now is Kyler Murray going to look at it and go, wait, you know, $50 million a year is not that crazy going into the future. Be interesting to see how it goes. Well, it's definitely one of the things to pay attention to. Now that Rodgers and Wilson are settled, we can move on to guys like Murray, and we move on. Dan Patrick Show next. See you at 5 Eastern for PFTPM. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.